Hello and welcome to VR Verdict episode 124, our weekly podcast where we talk about everything VR and AR this episode. I am PJ and I'm chatting with the team from Duel. How's it going, guys? Great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amazing to be here. Wonderful room. Yeah, thanks for coming. So sitting next to me is... Yeah, I'm Alan, and I'm sort of just keeping the wheels turning for one tool, um, trying to help develop things here and there. Um, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'm Pratik. Uh, I'm uh, helping develop out the, uh, the lore, the content, that type of stuff with uh, one tool. Nice. And I'm Andy, an uh, obscure nerd VR on YouTube, and I'm also helping out. You might see my face here <laughs> in Wanduel and uh, amongst yeah. other things, uh, wherever yeah. I can with the story. Yeah, I think you'll see yes. all three of our faces in these videos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true. Yeah, there's so... Andy. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about Wandu. How did you guys get started and how's it going? Yeah, I mean, uh, well, it kind of got started a bit before I went to join the AR house. Uh, where basically all of us us met, but basically, yeah. yeah, during my bachelor degree, I was building a wizard staff with a, an Arduino controller that will like change visuals on my computer. I think that kind of like made me want to see what we could do in AR or VR. Um, but anyhow, it's I mean the project is fairly new. I think like maybe nine or 10 months old only. Um, mostly we're exploring the possibilities on Snapchat at the moment because they are uh, they were so kind to yeah take a bet on us. Um, yeah, I don't know if you guys want to talk, talk about the time at their house and all that jazz. Um, sure, yeah, I mean, uh... Yeah, we all met at the AR house. Uh, Alan was part of, I guess, the uh, first and second cohort there. Um, I'm going to be part of the next one. <laughs> and uh, so I think when I met Alan, you had already built out the prototype. Um, and we we met when my brother joined the AR house. And he started pitching, or not pitching, but showing and telling me about the game. And we just started throwing ideas back and forth. And Andy had also been coming to AR house events pretty much just as long, if not longer than I had. And so kind of came in on the project the same way where it's just like, you know, we're just three friends and we're throwing ideas around <laughs> um, and then trying different things out, you know, and it just grew organically from there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I had started hanging out with uh, these guys and going to the events at the AR house as soon as I heard that it existed in, in our <laughs> yeah. area. And, yeah, and I had never gotten a chance to try any AR glasses yet, but I had been in the VR space since 2016. So 
once I started to get a chance to see these like applications that they were like putting together and the headsets they were working with hands on, uh, Wando was the first one that like immediately made sense to me as like a user where I was like, oh, this makes sense where I could like just give this to someone else. We'd both get it and know what it's about and be able to just start playing it and having fun. And like, it's yeah. it made a lot of sense to me as an easy entry point for people to like find a way into the tech, which I was sure. really interested by. Yeah. I yeah. think the, that combo of how fun and intuitive is that Andy was talking about is like the key. It's like everyone who tries it out immediately gets how the mechanic works and starts having fun running around the room playing it, you know? Um, and yeah. so, yeah, I think Alan yeah, really exactly. struggled with that mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, I don't know if it was, if it was ever uh, supposed to be this serious or in this <laughs> scale, but, uh, and also a lot of props to Aidan. He helped a lot with the net networking part, part of the first prototype, but really, I guess what, made us see the potential was that we were throwing a Halloween party at the airhouse and then we were setting up a tournament for people to try the stuff. And yeah, we got got the the all the stuff working just I think half an hour before people come came. <laughs> so it was really just like super, super last minute. But anyhow people seemed to they yeah, like Pratik said they were jumping around, rolling around the floor. Uh, at that point, there was no hand tracking, so it, people were up for a little bit of role play. So, but they also <laughs> had costumes on, so that made it more fun. <laughs> nice. So, kind of like obscure nerd, like I personally haven't tried any AR glasses to this day, so I'm really always obviously interested because I love VR so much. But I just, you know, I I have a lot of headsets, and you know, spending more on glasses and stuff you know you got to think about it but so with with wandu and, and any other apps i'm just curious like is there like a certain space you have to like stay in or is it kind of just boundless or how does that work with your with your game can you like um, run a mile away and flick yeah uh, <laughs> well you I both mean, have to yeah, be on the same yeah Alan might be best for for that for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah sure. it's a little bit I mean, you synchronize at first. There is multiple way, multiple ways to synchronize, uh, localizing a multiplayer experience on AR. You can sort of scan the same object. You can have an image mugger that both of you sort of connect to, or you can um, synchronize by looking at the other person. That's what we're doing at the moment. Uh, the two players look at each other's head and they say, okay, now we synchronize. So, um, but with this weight, it will drift a little bit over time. So if you run around in circles around each other, it might be offsetting a little bit. Um, okay. But this will be easy to solve with, with body tracking, which I think Snap will uh, implement in the future. It works super well on phone, but uh, not on spectacles yet. Um, yeah. So onboarding on on AR devices in for shared experiences is still a little bit bulky. Uh, so I hope that we'll get a more frictionless in the future. Do you see? Um, so I'm wearing a Quest Two right now, and obviously has inside-out tracking and all that. 
do you see this coming to like the quest with the pass through it all? Or are you kind of just sticking to glasses and, and that kind of thing or? Oh yeah. I mean, we've been talking about yeah. the quest and a lot real <laughs> and uh, I don't know, magic leave as well. So we're definitely mm-hmm. open to explore whatever, uh, comes. Um, yeah, I think there's yeah. a lot of possibilities there. Um, that's the nice thing is it seems like it's, it's, pretty flexible to be able to work on a lot of different platforms uh yeah yeah and And i think like for me it's just like lens studio is just really really awesome and going into unity you have to worry about what device you're building for uh, all this stuff it just seems so overwhelming while in lens studio just you don't even have to choose what device you're building for it just sort of magically does it for you and it's super fast to prototype uh, so unity uh yeah it's a little bit of a big step going to unity from Lens studio but we're particularly he's also working a lot with the unreal engine which we we're talking yeah. about maybe uh taking a bigger bet on yeah and we're already using it for for all the sort of content attached to the game that we want to use to build that sort of lore and the universe and the story behind it. Um, Cause you know, just being able to use and like mock up different ideas and then just keep refining them until it's like something that we can send out to the audience is really easy to do with unreal. Um, especially with a small team like ours. And so I'm able to build out a whole scene and then, and then have Andy come in and basically do his part as an actor. Um, and we can do this like with basically no budget, you know, um, yeah, in those awesome. same assets. Then if we do build out the game in unreal for, for the quest two or for another headset, um, we can use all those same assets in the game, you know? Uh, yeah. So we can, it simplifies our workflows going forward. And I think for the quest, getting back to question as well, I think the next version of quest that will have, RTB cameras is going to be mm-hmm. way more interesting mm-hmm. for AR experiences because now it's like a grainy, uh, white, <laughs> black and white kind of yeah. experience. Yeah. Uh, it's it's like yeah. You need to yeah. overlay everything before it looks good. And then it's just yeah. VR all over again. But also <laughs> what I really like about uh, lightweight glasses like Enreal and Spectacles is that you can actually wear them outside and mm-hmm. in 100 degrees you can use them for running as well which i do yeah. sometimes uh but i find that hard to see with with uh, the oculus i think it's more of an indoor device um right mm-hmm. in the majority yeah so right now and i'm just going by the videos i've seen um it looks like it's kind of a multiplayer thing where you're kind of shooting wands each other are you guys planning like i assume with the assets and characters and the story and more you're kind of making like a one-player game where you're like fighting the enemies and stuff like that or what are you working on yeah so yeah for sure and so we just finished um our third version for the spectacles and that will have multiplayer and single player um in the same lens or a game, if you will. Um, and now, yeah, we are sort of working on a phone version, uh, also for Snapchat. And uh, 
there will we we need to also finalize the storyline and so on but there mm. you will see more of andy and uh, his character and uh, all yeah. the creatures so yeah, yeah. sort of guiding you through the uh, single player uh, troublesome uh, story that will take you on mm-hmm. <laughs> can you do a yeah. little snippet of your of your of your bit of your spiel or it's all it's all under many NDAs, you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, imagine me, imagine me, but a bit more magical. That's kind of hard. You're pretty magical. <laughs> oh, that is true. That's these are that is a fact. <laughs> That's why I was drawn yeah. to this as a personal connection. So Gary Merlin, he he's, uh, I mean, we, what we are yeah. kind of brainstorming about now, probably Gary Merlin, he will be this character that is not evil or good. He's in between. He's the main go-to guy that you will sort of learn stuff from, learn spells from as you meet him. Yeah. He's the first person you'll meet. Um, so whether you also we think of having two factions, so there's a good and an evil faction. So no matter if... No matter what faction you choose, you will still <clears throat> have interactions with Gary. Also, that gonna make our jobs a little bit easier because we don't have to make multiple <laughs> um, characters for that. Yeah, <laughs> that's smart. Yeah, so Could I'm have assuming a sort of like omniscient presence to push it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and, uh, I mean, yeah, maybe we can talk about this stuff we were filming and and. Uh, or just for fun filming at the air house as well. Um, yeah. But there we were kind of imagining him more like, like a Rick Sanchez kind of guy, um, <laughs> yeah. drinking too many potions and, and so on. <laughs> That's yeah. Awesome. yeah, we're having a lot of Sending fun with the dialogue. Dubious quest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. And so, well, yeah, you, that's the other cool You guys oh, are making say, me well, wanting to get a pair of glasses real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't know if you have more to tell about the the shoot we did. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. was gonna say like, oh, go ahead, <laughs> say it, say it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so one of the the cool things about shooting everything in Unreal is it gives us the space to to go through those like improvising, being able to improvise, which we really couldn't do with this type of like 3d animation in the past you know and so um and being able to just like capture andy's performance using ar kit makes it like really easy to just set up and then have him go through and not think too much about the you know the ritual behind the perform or the the setup and just focus on the performance you know yeah, I was pretty surprised by how seamless it all was once we got, you know, sort of the light and the camera and the shot set up of just, you know, going mm-hmm. through it a couple times and then also giving us a couple options of how much augmentation we want on the performance, I think is is sort of a cool aspect to to the final product. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and we really want to, like, I mean, it's nowadays it's kind of easy to make something that looks cool that feels cool, but I think what we want to try as well is just just really focus on humor as well, bring mm-hmm. comedy and humor into the game. I think that yeah, that is kind of like the the main selling point or whatever you will. I like the yeah, you gotta have a, just a, just a little bit of personality in every game to keep people on board. I think you know 
A lot of people yeah. try to sell something on a concept without thinking about the the world or personality of it. So I think it's it's an important aspect of it. So <clears throat> I'm still again I'm watching the video and looks like you have an avatar system as well. How does that play into the app? Oh, uh, so or am I reading that wrong? <laughs> so we actually, I mean that that's um that will that stuff we're working on for phone um and will okay. be uh but yeah I mean Andy he's the first avatar. Uh, in yeah. the making kind of um, we don't have an avatar <laughs> system yet but I mean Snap uh, has something called Bitmojis which is yeah I mean what what any platform has nowadays a 3D representation mm -hmm. of yourself we could choose to um, use those but I think we eventually want to make our own avatars but um, yeah Andy he's a great start I think yeah I, I volunteered to be the guinea pig for the meta avatars. <laughs> yeah. We got to get ourselves in the metaverse wherever we can. That's right. <laughs> oh, what do you guys think of, of the of the meta avatars? Because I'm not a fan myself, but... Oh, like the Horizon yeah. World's meta avatars? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I, they're not great. Yeah. yeah, I need some licks, man. <laughs> It looks horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't mind their pointing different or wrong wrongly pointing somewhere. They will even they will look better just than what we have now without legs. So Yeah. Yeah. You know that we can talk right here. We got pills and a and a ball for a head, but <laughs> Oh, but yeah. this is awesome. This is like yeah. you know, the the um, this is representing the golden era of a gorilla attack. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually, that's a perfect uh, way to describe it. <laughs> yeah, at least you chose a style, right? They're like, they finally put in arms, but they, yeah. they forgot the legs, right? But you're like, you're consistent here. You chose, yeah. okay, we, we're going to use the capsules and the spheres. That's it. I like that yeah. minimalism. So how different is I don't know if, if you guys have done what you've done in either VR or AR but um how different is it kind of developing a a gamer app for one or the other versus the other one like how different is the is the world or how you wrap your head around what you're doing Um, yeah, do you guys want to answer or? Um, I mean, it's just you're approaching different problems, right? With AR, you're adding on to the world that's already there. Um, so, like, there are a lot more tools that help you get started. Um, but you have to really think about, like, where your experience is going to be. So, for, like, one of the projects we did, like, we had to specifically design it for, like, being at a desk in a desktop situation, you know? Um, and so, and like for this game, it's like, it's specifically made to be like running around in an open space. Uh, whereas VR, you can kind of say like, okay, within like a 10 by 10 space or so, um, you can design your experience and you have like a blank box to go from there. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah, not, I'm not a 
much of a designer myself, but just like conceptually, I always try, yeah, think of it in the sense of like aug augmented reality apps seem to enhance the space and the surroundings of the real world. Yeah. And whereas when you're designing for VR, it's about like forgetting the space around you and just being totally involved in the virtual space. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. And I, I think there's a, there, it's very different from each other, right? You, because first of all, you got the, you got the character limitations, the polygon counts, you, triangle mm -hmm. counts needs to be around 3,500. Uh, for the characters before the devices doesn't overheat you always <laughs> need to localize uh, downwards to use plane tracking to not have items float around um, so there's I, I feel like a lot of the onboarding and AR um, is very I don't know early stage we're in, still in the beginning of everything um, but then again, for VR and Unity, there's a lot of other things that are really hard. You need to basically build a whole new world, uh, build avatars, um, mm -hmm. all that stuff. Uh, in our case, we don't need to build a whole new world. We just, like Andy said, just adds, uh, add things on top of the beautiful planet we live on. So <laughs> Yeah, it's like two different sets of challenges that kind of overlap sometimes. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, and I guess eventually we'll see things are just merging. There'll be yeah. no difference between, or hardware-wise, there'll be no difference between AR and VR. It's just like, boom, you go into this portal, and maybe that's a VR vault. You leave the portal, now you're in AR again. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like with, with AR, from the, going from the AR side, it's like you're getting local dimming and stuff which helps it become more like VR. And then from the VR side, you get passed through, which basically starts to emulate AR. And so there's yeah. definitely a merger from both sides happening. Yeah, exactly. And I think Link's headset has done a really great job of that. Uh, They're using yeah. the leap motion, ultra leap, hand tracking, the best hand tracking I ever tried before. And their demonstration they did at AVE was they have a bubble, Oof. you go into the bubble and boom, suddenly all of your view is a galaxy and in there, there's a solar system. So that's like a really great example of how you can transition quickly into VR from AR. And that's yeah, amazing. a small French startup, they just launched their headset on, on or they, they just ended the campaign on Kickstarter and they got funded. They raised $4 nice. million from... Uh, some nominium space i don't know if i'm um, pronouncing that correctly um but yeah you should definitely pay attention to those guys they the headset is only 600 dollars i think um but it's still uncertain when you're gonna get it um but yeah, yeah. i think yeah I those think are the guys who to come out do the revolution uh, against mm -hmm. the the suck i still need to try that out yeah i got to try it out at awe um it's pretty it's good hardware um yeah i think we're still a couple of years away from like the thing that's going to help people from outside of mm -hmm. the space really come in yeah. i think it's still a headset very much made for like developers who are developing things and experiences for the future for headsets that are slightly more comfortable and things like that um yeah and what are we it's, thinking it's getting us closer to that point 
Yeah, exactly. And what are we thinking until headsets are getting to the mainstream and the masses? Are people going to focus on mobile gaming or desktop gaming? Uh, What do you think is going to be the the major thing that people do while they're waiting for a headset? I think it's going to be both, just like it is now, you know? Yeah. Um, Mobile for more casual stuff. Um, sort of desktop and console for longer, more fulfilling experiences, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So, and then I think you're going to start to see VR come sort of in between both of those and attack both. You know, like Beat Saber is a game that you can just like pick up, play for half an hour, put down, walk away. Mm -hmm. Um, but then you're also seeing a lot more, you know, like Resident Evil 4 and these like longer sort of narrative type games that are like 20 to 40 hour experiences. So, yeah. True. Yeah. And I, I think with AR, you get into the realm of like these sort of persistent games, like almost like a layer on top of reality, like Pokemon Go. No. Right. <laughs> like if you have a headset on all the yeah. time. And you're like an avid Pokemon Go player. You could have that layer on all the time, so you randomly see Pokemon pop up, and like you can catch them and whatnot. Um, yeah, you can sort of choose how much, how much, uh, how much you want to be like invested in it. Whether you yeah. want to be like fully augmented or like just sort of be, you know, put in front of it at, at certain times of day, or like you know, I'm walking around. Maybe I want to check in on the Pokemon universe, turn that on. So that's another layer I have. You know, like I feel like down the road there's going to be more and more things like that happening where it's Mm -hmm. like you can choose what level you know of augmentation and which one of these apps you want to be sort of active in your life at any given time yeah and that behavior is already there right like with mobile you see it's like there's people who who have those games that they're super invested in that like they literally just it's like always like the first or second in their like most recently used apps on their phone Mm because there's like anytime they're going from place to place they're like checking like what's along the way you know yeah um yeah and so and that's why i love the concept of one duel too because it's like the idea that like down the road imagine you're just walking on the street and like ar glasses are sort of normalized and on a similar platform and you can just run into someone and be like hey i challenge you to a duel and you just yeah. grab a stick or you guys just grab your stick or whatever or a pen and you can just have like a full-on one duel right there on the street exactly you know, yeah fully interactive like that's amazing Let's set up duels with, yeah. with less Hamilton-style battles and more wands. <laughs> I was going to ask, like, do you need like something in your hand with wand duel, or is it just how it makes it feel more immersive and a little better? Uh, spoiler alert, you don't. But <laughs> probably in the future, we will... Um, who know, I mean, it depends on the headsets as well, right? Yeah. <clears throat> if yeah. you're ever going to launch something on the Quest, you will... You can use the controllers they already have. Um, yeah. Also, an idea was to kind of use object detection on the wand itself. So it you need to show a wand as a key to be able to play. Um, but that's also, there's a lot of problems there because most wands are um, kind of like in the darker tones of wood. So it's, it's kind of hard to, to recognize wands. Uh, if all wands were were white as the 
capsules we have here, it will will be more easier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was like one of the things when we were making that first video is we forgot to mark up the uh, the wands we were using as props, and so I had to like <laughs> go and like track frame by frame like manually because like there's no oh, way to get an auto yeah. track. Fuck, <laughs> normalized yeah. bone wands. Yeah. <laughs> Think of the merchandise. Yeah, right. <laughs> a bone wand would be pretty epic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all I'm saying yeah. is it'd be cooler than whatever uh, the elder wand, whatever Voldemort was using. Yeah. Come on. That was oh, a yeah. white wand too, though. <laughs> yeah. True, yeah. Or I think it just had a white hilt. Yeah. Um, yeah. It had, it, it had some accoutrement. Yeah. <laughs> it would be pretty epic. You, like you're saying, like you're just walking down the street and you can kind of. You know, whether you get a little notification or something, but like, you know, if that's from the other, um, the school other or whatever, yeah, the faction, yeah. and you just whip out your wand and have a fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah right. nowhere. That'd be sweet. I'm, and that's also something I, I, I'm seeing will happen maybe, I don't know, two or three years down the line. Then, yeah. um, experiences will be proximity based. So, probably with Bluetooth, you will be able to. The headsets will be able to say, "Oh, Andy and Pratik, they're within ten meters." Okay, um, I now spawn a multiplayer space that we can have fun in instead of yeah. having to localize. And hey, do you want to invite people? Do you want to join my space? Then it just happens instantly based on proximity. I think that's yeah. for that's like the holy grail of multiplayer gaming. Hmm. And like, and then we can also do different experiences where, like, instead of like players like who are in pro if like two players in proximity to one another are on the same team we can spar like a third party element that they both have to like work against to try and solve yeah. to like defeat an enemy or like to solve a puzzle box or something like that and so um yeah cool. once once the behavior of like wearing headsets like all day in public is more common then there's like a whole host of different like fun interactions and stuff that we can use to like trigger in-game events. Yeah. When it's stigmatized to not wear a headset. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I live in freaking yeah. Wisconsin and I walk around my, my area with my quest on and the looks I get are like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it was kind of the same I can't with like iPhones and cell phones when those first came out. Yeah. You know, yeah. where they're like, oh, what's that thing? Oh, why do you need a cell phone with you all the time? You're so important. You got to be reached all yeah. the time. Yeah. <laughs> and and well, you got to play Beat like, Saber on the train. Yeah. yeah it, and now it's like, oh, you think you're so important. You, you don't need a phone. You don't need to be reached all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like flipped. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of what excites me about AR. Um, and, well, one thing. Like you guys were mentioning, like sitting in a waiting room and you know people playing on their phones. Like, I do other things on my phone because I've I've never really found a mobile game I've really been able to get into. But if you had AR glasses on, you could just throw up even like a freaking checkerboard and just play checkers with a random stranger in a waiting room. Like, that'd yeah. be freaking sweet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just like these real time interactions that can happen in like a whole new layer of reality that isn't even like the regular social, you know, real reality we're all used to. Yeah. Yeah, and just playing games on the toilet instead of you scrolling know what it, 
Your feet. You know what it reminds me of is like back in the day when I used to sit on the bus in middle school and you would just join random people's Nintendo DS lobbies. Yeah. It's like that, but on a but but on like a whole new level. Yep. <laughs> True. Where you could just see somebody's doing something and just hop in on it and just be like, hey, let's, you know, let's do this until yeah. we don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. And I think and Oh yeah, and just quickly, like I, I've been so I've been wearing the spectacles to some parties once in a while. But even though they have LED lights that indicates that when you that the LED lights are on when you film, right? But still, people don't trust. Oh, the camera is <laughs> pointing at me, and so on. So I think yeah. what's really important for the future is that all headsets will have mechanical shutters, so you can. Yeah, like some of the laptops have today, you can just yeah. slide a plastic piece in front of your webcam. I think that that should be something that all headset manufacturers uh, should implement, just to not have everything you say or do being recorded on a video. Yeah, you hear that, Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> but you're trying at you. to say something, <laughs> uh, PJ, right? Yeah. Yeah, they just take all of the data, right? So. <laughs> yeah, because I going back to just random encounters of strangers, like again, I live in Wisconsin. I'm not into sports or anything. Like I'm not the normal person from this area. So like small talk is hard for me because I don't I'm not good at it because I don't have those similar experiences like sports that I can, hey, did you see the game last night? But you know, if <laughs> <Yeah>. just throwing <laughs> a, a fake object at someone in in ar and you know just goofing around you know yeah. i think yeah that would change a lot of reactions and get people talking more maybe and stuff like that yeah kind of like a harmless like snow snowball like a snowball fight that doesn't exactly. work you know yeah so <laughs> yeah it's like once it becomes accessible on platforms that people already use i think is when it'll it'll really be a game changer when like yeah. Glasses make sense to just a regular consumer who's not into the tech and they'll just sort of buy into it and then be exposed to all these new experiences that they realize are just fun, even on a casual level. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine just having a laundry like... and a Pokemon pops up and you can catch it and go back to doing your laundry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ooh, yeah. Like think about it like all the people who are like you know, in their like, I know a lot of people who are in their like late 60s who are into like mobile games now just because they hit a point where they had to get a smartphone for utility purposes. And then, you know, eventually they, they get exposed to these games or technologies that they never would have sought out, but they realize how, you know, cool it is even for someone who doesn't really get the tech of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I saw, I saw a video on Twitter of somebody who, like you know the traffic lights you have that bottom you can press while you wait uh he turned that into a mini game so when he was like <laughs> waiting his 10 seconds he could play <laughs> i think it was pong or something trivial nice. but still just these like you know small mini games that you can have spawn just at any given time you're waiting for something I think That's yeah, cool. that could be scary and and good at the same time <laughs> yeah. if you can control it. But yeah, my mind Depends went right to so like you hit that automatic button. Cars. Yeah, and the and the world turns into like Frogger, and you got to get across the street. <laughs> <laughs> Not safe, but fun. Yeah, if you die in the Middle West, you die in real life. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's life on hard difficulty right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm wondering like with VR and AR development, like as far as the really good VR games goes, we and Unreal Engine based stuff, we are almost at photorealistic things. Yeah. At least if you try on a a bio headset, right? So I wonder when when the headsets are getting to the masses and the mainstream, I wonder, is there anything left to develop at that point? Have we already developed everything? We're just waiting for the for the hardware, basically. No, I mean, I think even with the photorealism, it's like, okay, like Unreal Engine is at the point where like the default results with like a little bit of tweaking and optimizing will get you to like 90%, right? Yeah. But getting that other 10% is like that never ending journey of work, you know, there's always something new that they can figure out and implement that'll make it look even more real, like like little yeah. things like caustics and things like that, that still take even like for offline rendering, like days to figure out. Right. Um, so it's like, we get close to photorealism, but we'll, we'll get to a point where like a lot of people won't be able to tell the difference, but we'll never quite get there for a while. True. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, the interesting Carmen, thing to me oh. is like, I feel like the uncanny valley keeps getting pushed, you know? Yeah. We're like, yeah. when I was a kid, I have a distinct smaller, memory. True. Right? Like, I have a distinct memory of sitting down and watching a PS3 game when they had first added like water physics and like yeah. real time water <laughs> particles. And I sat down and I stood up and I clapped my hands and I said, all right graphics can't get better that's it <laughs> i was like that's real life and then and i yeah. yeah like last year i went back and i rewatched that it was the first uncharted trailer and i was like this looks like clay models now and <laughs> yeah but in my eyes back then i couldn't conceive of anything that could be better so yeah. i imagine it's just always going to be like that to some degree you know until we mm -hmm. get like past the uncanny valley completely yeah. true and it's it's not like there's just like one problem that people are trying to go after, like just the general graphics problem, right? It's like that one thing is made up of so many tiny little things yeah. that people can work on and improve and get better at. And, you know, it gets like easier to render those things and like have those work in real time and all that too, right? So yeah. it's like a whole host of different problems that need to be solved. So true. Yeah, and and John Carmack, he's he, he. I heard him say also to there was a guy asking him some questions, but he was basically, yeah, if you expect the graphics to be fifty percent better, you're gonna be disappointed, but maybe it'll get ten percent better, uh, mm -hmm. like you said. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what we should should uh, yeah suspect. Yeah, I do think we're over that era of just being like absolutely blown away. By every yeah. generation. Now it's like mm, cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And to it be is honest, I better. think the next step of things that blow people away and like at, at least in terms of flat gaming is gonna be like steps in physic like real time physics and animation. Because yeah. I think that's like once you get graphics perfect, the thing that's still way far off from being like perfected, I think, is real time physics and animation. Where like you can like you can make it look as good as you want, but you're still gonna play GTA and run into a tree and have it like be like a brick wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so until you can and then, solve like, that you run problem into a light completely, ball there's and always it just room. falls over. Exactly. Yeah. So there's always good until they can solve the physics issue in video games, which I think is gonna be the hardest 
thing over time. I think uh, yeah. we're always going to keep being wowed to some degree. Yeah. True. Well, what you, what do you guys think about like, will there ever be a time where most people can make a living from playing video games? Like I'm specifically thinking about play to earn schemes. It doesn't seem like play to earn schemes brings in people enough crypto or or money to survive because it's all relying on the company itself just pouring in money so it's not sustainable and then i'm thinking then you probably need ads you probably need ads otherwise there's no um but yeah is is there gonna be a lot of people like making a living from gaming outside twitch do you think that my brain jumps to and i've been talking to the team for markets vr who will be talking on the podcast in a couple weeks but the way i see it not gaming so much but like in vr like they're gonna have this marketplace where you can line up people that like they do modeling or they do lighting or animation and you can go to their little marketplace and like hire them and stuff like that and kind of so, you know yeah kind of like a 3d way. upwork yeah. yeah and kind of grow from That's there awesome. and then, yeah yeah we need yeah, to, otherwise, the only thing I can stuff, think of yeah. is World of Warcraft where those people earn all that gold and then sell it. <laughs> like, Man, I never even thought yeah, about that. Thought, like, fucking farming, right? And I remember yeah. the, the Asians was pretty good at that. They were, like, yeah. <laughs> farming a lot of gold in World of Warcraft. Yeah, they wanted, so. Yeah. I never even thought about the, uh, like, capabilities of, like, having, like, a networking event or career fair for, like, a game-based like c company or industry where people can just have a little like table where they just have their actual animations or 3d models like just pulled up right there so like a potential employer can just come up and look at your models and your stuff up close yep yeah kind of like that's a, kind of a like cool a, idea like a 3d portfolio yeah, yeah exactly yeah, where they can flip through your portfolio like but it's all right, right there yeah I never so, thought about that. And also, Gravity Sketch has the multiplayer feature. So I haven't tried yeah. it yet, but it looks amazing. I didn't know that um, that was a thing, but I'm looking into that right after this. <laughs> <laughs> well, the I don't want to say too much about the markets VR thing, but he was saying, you know, if, if you're in, based in VR chat and you're in a, someone's booth, say, like, like, hey, this looks really cool. And then you just, they have a little portal next door. You hop into their actual VR realm. Like in yeah, VR so it sounds chat like they're already on onto oh, it. Nice. That's cool. That's cool. And there's a lot like, of do that just get charged one hundred dollars. But well, hopefully you know, VR like... chat still exists uh yeah. next week. <laughs> yeah. Really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Andy, you've been going on quite a few rants about that. Yeah, it's 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 fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Obscure nerd for your VR gossip news and yeah, uh, get all your comedy costs. and uh, <laughs> making friends in FPS games. <laughs> those, are, those are my main three things I do at this point. And, and the Wendy's verse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like when he tries to befriend people in, in Pavlo that is obviously <laughs> on his on the other team or something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, usually I get team killed, which is how I know I'm doing something wrong socially. 
that's like that used to happen in flag gaming a lot but in vr like it's a whole nother feeling like what the fuck like <laughs> yeah right you're like talking to the guy for a while and then and they you just, just watch turn around and shoot you and it's in your face and then you're dead <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> it's a whole new visceral feeling man yeah i felt real betrayal on the on the battlefield <laughs> Yeah, so, so just getting back to AR again, also, what would be, or what would be the f a favorite, exp or what would be something you would find really cool, um, PJ? Um, or what is something you're looking forward to or something you want, wish that existed out there? It's kind of just how, kind of how vr came about to me because like i've been a gamer all my life i i play a shit ton of games on every platform i can and the last couple years five-ish years like flat gaming is just like they're just copying and pasting everything and i'm like either i'm getting old and i'm just not having i'm not into it or gaming is sucking right now and and i was really yeah. like i think i'm just getting old and that was pissing me off then VR came along, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm not getting old. The games do suck. This is a whole new awesome thing. <laughs> so it kind of, like, really brought me out of that rut. So I'm kind of yeah. looking forward or looking for AR. To, I'm not sick of VR at all. I'm kind of looking just for that same kind of, like, shock, like the first time you put a headset on, you're like, holy crap, you know, that type of thing. But mainly, to me, it'd be I'd get the most value out of it just having i don't wear glasses but i'll i'll happily wear um ar glasses um just something that makes everyday life a little less i don't want to say boring but just ordinary you know what i'm saying like i just want to walk down a street and see some funny shit that really isn't there over something that is type of thing Does right. that makes sense <laughs> so so something that surprises you based yeah. on your surroundings yeah just yeah, the it's like everyday you could, mundane you could take tasks. The same, yeah, you could take the same walk at home from work every single day and have it be a totally unique experience, experience on top yeah. of the now already unique experience yeah. of life. Yep. It's like yeah, exactly. a unique. Uh, it's like a unique living thing that interacts with the living world. Yep. We're like that's actually I, excellent. Uh, I love my cats. I would buy, but that if experience. I could change their color and just mix it up. You know, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, true. <laughs> Give your tat a face tattoo or something like that. Yeah. That's not actually there. <laughs> a little pirate hat. I don't care what it is. Just something. Takashi six nine cat. Yeah. <laughs> Rainbow haircut, face tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> little cat grill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if that answered gaming... your question, but. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely. Yeah, I can't wait to also experience that. Wow, now we hear that feeling. But yeah, I agree. I mean, for as far as desktop gaming go, I think we're kind of reaching the limits of what is the optimal. Like for example, Valorant, one of the most beautiful games I've seen. Haven't tried it because my laptop sucks. But um, <laughs> uh, but I assume like I can't possibly imagine what what is like. What's the next step after Valorant and Call of Duty where they at now? It's like for me it just seems like they reach full potential. But um yeah. maybe I'm also just getting old. I think it for me it was just like the creativity is what 
is like 50% of what I've always loved about gaming in the last couple of years. Like there's no, the indie games have been a phenomenal and there's other games, but overall, like the most part, like creativity is just gone. And like I said, they're just making the same game, yeah. changing one thing. And it's just like, you know what? Fuck this. <laughs> yeah. That's like, there's basically just three types of games, right? Strategy yeah. games, RPG games, like Dark Souls, WoW and so on. And then yeah. FPS games. And yeah, I think with AR, the the one of the best premises is just the friction to get into it. Like VR, I get like there's hurdles, and for different people, there's more hurdles like with motion sickness and all that. Where AR just seems like you just put some glasses on and and that's it, and everyone can wear a pair of glasses for a little bit. So <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest things are just like the battery and like processing power. You need to get more powerful for AR glasses. Um, yeah, that way it's sort of the same lighter. issues as VR, but on a different level. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny because like when you, the cool thing for me is like the only development I ever did was like in the Half Life Two modding space in like the early two thousand six two thousand seven era. Oh yeah. Right. And back then the big issue that we had was like polygon limits and like really having to work within the limits of the system. So it didn't crash people's computers. Yeah. And like recently people are talking about how like, that's not really an issue anymore with like PC gaming um, and the new Unreal Engine and what they're doing. And so like seeing the limitations that you're are now being reintroduced with having to get it to work on a standalone yeah. AR platform makes me like totally appreciate those like old school approaches to yeah. modeling and game development again, mm -hmm. and how they're still totally important and prevalent. Um, yeah. When yeah. I didn't know if they would be. Yes, yeah, insane actually. Like so, for Lens Studio, you got like eight megabyte, and for <laughs> for a quest game, I think for app for an app lab game, I can't remember, but I think at least you will have. 500 megabyte so it's well, like i've seen games as big as like eight gigs eight gigs even yeah right yeah, 10 gigs and also yeah. and but also for niantic's platform i think you you're able to have two gigabyte so it's yeah, just that's mm -hmm. way better but yeah it seems like tiktok and instagram and and snapchat is like they are really like worried about performance so they're keeping asset counts low and polygon count low so yeah the main problems as angel said is like overheating and battery time and both of them are kind of trade-offs um yeah yeah i think that we've kind of talked about this in our um dev round table we do once a month and it's kind of for vr like some of the draw to me is the romanticism of like you were saying kind of went back to old school where you got to be creative and solve the same problems they were dealing with um <clears throat> that's why like games like shock troops that launched today and that's where these assets are from for our booth here yeah um I love it's it. just and again <laughs> yeah. it might be because i am older and I, I grew up in the area but hopping into that those worlds it's just like i don't ever take my headset off and it's just like pixelated and you know all that but it's just it's just amazing to be in there so yeah it's kind of strange yeah yeah 
yeah history repeats but, itself <laughs> yeah but at the same time on the really complete, like <laughs> other end of that spectrum because of the yeah. like the stuff that's like more cutting edge that you can do with unreal with like nanite and things like that True. all of a sudden like you know back in the day it's like yeah they would have the optimized version of the asset for the games but then if they're rendering out a cinematic they're still going to use like the nicest asset that their system at the time yep. could support yeah. right yeah. um whereas now we're just using the same single asset for both those things you know yeah um, it is pretty just, amazing it is yeah. pretty amazing how it simplifies that process because i do remember in 2006 the whole process of like making a high poly mesh and then baking it down to a low poly mesh and doing it was all sorts of hoopla that i feel like yeah. has just been simplified recently yeah yeah like By you have more ai tools you can use for retrouble mm -hmm. things but it's still like kind of pain in the ass to do you still um, have to have like that artist touch on top of it on yeah, top of the ai like, tool yeah oh, you so gotta like, be able to yeah. give it that look yeah Exactly, it's like, oh, I just gave it all I had for 10 hours, and now you tell me I have to redo the whole model? It's like, huh. Welcome to, yeah, game universe. I don't know. That, was, that was how I learned about poly count limits, is I didn't understand that concept <laughs> when I was doing Half-Life mods at first. Yeah. And um, I was helping out with a game where I was like, I make Blender models, I'll just make the model you want. And they were like, we need this sh shotgun. I sent them a model that I think was 50,000 polygons <laughs> in 2006. And they loaded wow. it into the game and it crashed the entire game. <laughs> and they're like, do you have a low poly version of that? I was like, I don't know what the, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that's really funny. And that's how I learned that there was something yeah, important that's there. that's somebody else's joke. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was like low poly. I made the model. You figure out what to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> I just sent it to you and assumed you know how to make it work. <laughs> Those are the good old True. days. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I also like... think I made a Counter Strike map at some point. Also, didn't go too well. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. I have a feeling we're gonna kind of get back to those days of like mods and things like that with Bone Labs coming out soon. You know. Oh yeah. Um, cause it's like that golden age of like half-life mods and like Starcraft and Warcraft mods that literally oh, yeah. ended up turning into like entirely like new games from that point forward, you yeah. know, it and trained so, a whole era uh, of developers like Gary's mod yeah. and like Stanley parable, like all those games True. came out of it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And something and so, like ne Neos VR seems like Insomnium space and Monoverse and all these places seems awesome. I, d I really just hope they, they start monetizing soon so people flock to these places and start building. I mean, now it's like, I assume it's now it's mostly people with full-time jobs that do this on the side because they can. Um, but kids. it would be awesome to see people, yeah, making a living, making mods. Mm -hmm. Yeah, outside of, for... outside of the meta space. Yeah. yeah. I'm not taking 60% or how, yeah. however, how much mark you wanted <laughs> yeah. for your pants or your space. No. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy.
Uh, going back to your other question, like what I what I what would I want out of AR glasses? The moment I see an app or game that where you're wearing the glasses and I can just look at like my coffee table or again <laughs> like in a, I sound like I spend a lot of time in waiting rooms. I really don't, but just that's the scenario like where I could put like a micro machines track down and race some freaking cars around. Like cool. then I'm buying it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, right. Have you ever played so you, the? Uh, have you played the iOS game ZG Revenant? Mm. Nope. Uh, I, I would check, check it out. out. It's like a yeah, it's a little like desktop AR game. So it puts this like little map on your your table, and basically right. you are controlling a go, helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it put you play the role of like an attack helicopter that you're controlling and like going after the enemies on this like this map on your desk. It's pretty fun. Um, nice. It's like right. it's kind of the mobile version of what you're talking about, and so that type of experience in a headset. Would be really fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, know I, I will the... say... Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, stuff like that, like AR experiences like that, for example, are things that I never knew existed until I started going to the AR house and I started seeing mm -hmm. what they were doing there. Because myself, and I think 90% of people think of AR as like Pokemon Go experiences yeah. exclusively. And that's how I did yeah. before I started going there and really looking into it. But, you know, the stuff that they're doing is really next level. Like, there's people developing games there that, like, combine AR and VR, where, like, one person can have a phone that's looking at a table that's projecting, oh, yeah. Dave's you know, project. totally, and can be in a totally virtual environment, and then another person can just point their phone at a table, and the whole virtual level, so imagine, like, a Pavlov map or something like that, just like lay it out on a 3D level on your phone screen that you can watch everything happening That's in the cool. virtual environment happening there. That's yeah. awesome. Like that kind of tech I didn't know existed until I started going to that, you know, their events there. Yeah, they're really pushing it. And mm -hmm. I hope it's I hope really soon space, yeah. we, we see something else than because like every AR game studio is always using Pokemon Go as a benchmark, right? <laughs> Pokemon yeah. Go has been on the throne by itself for yeah. I don't know when it was released, <laughs> maybe ten years ago or something. Nothing has nothing came close to it and still hasn't. It's... And what it is essentially, if you think about it, the AR is sort of limited on the Pokemon it's really Go. Very but simple. Yeah. What it is, it's a it's a game that uses a map. Everybody knows how to use a map. So, mm -hmm. but nobody else, nobody since has really made a game that is based on a map since then. That so I think it's about it? time that yeah yeah we do. I something think the thing that, that made yeah. Pokemon successful too is the fact that like that mechanic of like traveling around the map tied also in so that, well yeah. with their existing IP. Where yeah. when you're playing the handheld game, that's exactly what you're doing in the RPG, right? You're walking around a map trying to catch Pokemon. Yeah, that's so a good point. That, it's that's probably why that it didn't action. translate to the wizard AR yeah, game. Yeah, the Harry Potter one. Yeah, where like they basically tried to copy that mechanic but apply it to the Harry Potter yeah. IP. And <laughs> like there is no hint of people. Yeah, <laughs> and it just doesn't work as well as it did with Pokemon. Like the the sync between those two worked really well so it doesn't yeah. matter how simple the experience is if that just core exploration mechanic is fun for users and so yeah i think it's going to be hard to dethrone pokemon go in terms of money because it's just like one of the most <laughs> successful games of all time 
period. Yeah, it's I not think even it's within the hours like that fills it. It's gonna be because like again, like I never really fully appreciated the capabilities of AR as a creative and entertainment platform until I went to the house because Pokemon Go and most of those things I sell I think sell short the capabilities yeah. of AR yeah. and what it can do for an experience. Yeah, yeah. And I think once somebody hits that magic mark of of marketing and xyz of getting an experience that's on the level of what you guys are doing and what people are doing at the ar house and in other spaces already and gets it in as many eyes as pokemon go is in front of i think that's all it'll take is um exposing that market to like what is already capable and what is going to be capable in five years yeah yeah exactly Oh yeah, and and I think one thing is also why why nothing has come co close to Pokemon Go is like all these AR platforms like Lens Studio and uh, Spark AR and uh, most recently TikTok's Effect House they mm -hmm. haven't they still haven't yet um, given developers any way to monetize their their work in terms of their lenses and their their games. So I think yeah. that uh, hopefully we'll see see interesting stuff launching soon. Regards to that, um, I heard some rumors about that Snapchat wanted to uh, make their lenses NFTs, but then that was kind of debunked again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, I think they should make an app store as far as Snap goes. Really, just here is my game. That's you a can great call, actually. Pay yeah ten dollars and it's yours yeah yeah you know make it on any scale of free plus you know just like the app store yeah. yep well uh, and it, it's also not completely true what i'm saying because uh snap has something called minis which is like uh well there's not that many a or mini games yet but they're coming but the, the way to monetize there is like let's say you die then you'll see an ad or um mm. something like that so it's like based on advertising so kind of similar to like, like the unity to... model yeah exactly um but yeah like loads of more stuff needs to happen in that space so we can build a, a thriving ecosystem instead of just doing yeah, experiments that don't necessarily pay the rent. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, that's why I love talking to you guys and devs like yourselves, just hearing the passion and all the creative ideas and stuff. But it it, it is like the barrier, just how do you make it? You know, how do you make money and feed yourself and do these cool things? And how does yeah. it translate into getting to in everyone else's hands and that stuff? So it's... Uh, you guys, I always say you guys have balls because <laughs> you're doing such awesome things, but you kind of know like it, how long it could take to actually start making some profits and all that. I, I don't know how it all works myself, but these are all the hey, things. You're, do, you're doing it too. I know. I know how the YouTube and podcast stuff goes. You're you're right. You're nope. right there with us. <laughs> I yeah. I honest. This is just. I love VR so much. This is. I don't want to say it's a hobby, but I never plan to ever make a dime. <laughs> I pay for everything. I'd That's the best approach. It, but, you shouldn't. Yeah. You shouldn't assume on the dime. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just hope that eventually and, it could come. 
Yeah. And then when it blows up, we will heavily donate some money to the to the podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's like Andy said, it's not far. Like what we're doing, it's not far from what you're doing. You what you did is just you chose a platform, you you stuck with it and went for it. Same we did with Snap. We got lucky. They have been really good to us. Um, so yeah, I think also an advice to just any indie developers getting started find a platform you like to develop on make some relationship to the company and um if you make cool shit or something interesting there's a good chance they might support you because you're doing r d work for them good point yeah especially tiktok i think they are gonna pour a gazillion Coins into yeah. the best advice all the money all year. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, Snapchat is also great. Um, Sparky, I don't know so much about, um, but they seem to also be very supportive of their community. Uh, what are the only complaints I hear there is like maybe you publish a filter and two years later it doesn't work. Um, so that kind of the stuff that people complain about in that camp. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, guys, we've been going about an hour. We can keep going, or <laughs> I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to bring up that we didn't get to, but um, you guys are I mean, selling yeah, me whatever you guys I may want. have. I may have glasses by the end of the week. We'll see. <laughs> I'll, send, I'll send you some sponsored links we'll get you going <laughs> Ooh. so if any sponsors are looking I need some sponsored links to send them now I don't have any <laughs> yeah I hear I keep one get on to that seat geek you know, yeah, right? gonna... yeah, yeah we'll get you a seat geek <laughs> <laughs> and some uh, Amazon affiliate links yeah <laughs> We we can change from VR verdict to XR verdict, I guess, pretty easily. And just like incorporate that. all of it. Yeah. Just send me your number and I'll send it to my people's people. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, I mean I don't know, at some point things are gonna merge, right? And then Oh yeah. I don't necessarily think it will be called XR or yeah. um I mean the VR verdict sounds great. It's a good name. But uh, yeah. Well, thanks, guys. It was it was awesome talking to you and hearing your stories. Um, should have you guys back and just kind of explain like the AR house because there's so much cool shit going on there, and it'd just be cool to hear about some more of it. Um, Justin from Tab Games and and Johnny from uh, Weird Kid Studios are part of our roundtable, and they've been there, and I know they've hung out and. So that's a really oh, cool yeah, I love Justin. Yeah, 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 yeah I follow his game. He's working on the Slaughterhouse game. Up Samurai in Slaughterhouse, yeah. Yeah, it's so I've been following him for like a few months now. It's cool to yeah. see. He's posting Actually, almost the, daily. The first, time I, the first time I went to the AR house was with Justin after Comic-Con last yeah, year. Right. Oh. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Small world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Twitter. Get on Twitter, guys. That's yeah. the real metaverse. <laughs> Sadly. <Yep. laughs> it's not in 
It's not in an, uh, a pie it's format. It's not VR chat anymore. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again, guys. This is awesome. Anytime you want to come back and talk about whatever, like we're here. So thank you. Definitely. Yeah, thanks for having us. It was super I'm, awesome I'm, and yeah. awesome sitting and can't wait to see what this turns into. And yeah, we'll definitely come back uh, with some more stuff at some point. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having oh. us, man. It was great. Yeah. Any links you guys want to share? Um, whoever's watching and listening, they'll be in the show notes. Um, all your Twitter links and that stuff, obviously, but anything else, just let me know. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, thank you. And I thank you just, for uh, whoever is out what, there listening. If there is, yeah. yeah. Just What's check the out Wandul site. Oh, dot com. Yeah, we have dot com actually. Oh, um, yeah, Wandul dot com. Wandul dot com at Wandul, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And obscure on all socials. VR and the uh, Pratik, uh, Suketi, and Sulipa, yeah. uh, and uh, yeah. Want to also on Twitter, but people probably saw that. And yeah. uh, check out the VR Verdict podcast if you're not already subscribed and uh, following them. Hit the like button, hit the notification bell. Smash. I know how this works. Hit that bell. If you haven't hit the bell and you're watching this, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. I'll do a dance. I'll, hit that bell. Whatever you need. <laughs> hit the bell. I'm a little guys. pill. I'm a bell. pill in a ball. Hit the bell. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you guys are awesome. Thanks for coming. Likewise. Yeah. Yeah. Stay awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah.